everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from steaming hot Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. And coming up today, well, Mormons and pioneers. And, it's our it's our uh, state holiday. It is. It's the it's it's the holiday where we celebrate the the spirit of the Mormons running away <laughs> to Mexico, fleeing the United States of America, and landing only here to wind up in the United States of America, landing in this land of milk and honey. <laughs> Only so after much. they brought cows and bees. <laughs> and they did actually bring cows no, and bees. It's, it's, it's true. We are the beehive state, and ladies and gentlemen. Flourished. Anyway, we're going to be talking the about... The desert a, bloomed as a rose. We're, we're, it, 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 yeah, kind of. <laughs> they, they did a good job. They irrigated. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, pioneers. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about specifically... Uh, some aspects of, of modern-day Mormonism mm. uh, that have echoes of those pioneer days. Ooh, new pioneers. Yeah. Uh, no, so, right. so stay tuned. All right. That was, that was enticing. Yeah. Ooh. Could your kitchen kill you? Find out at 11. <laughs> anyway. Uh, There's this shocking reason why it could. That's right. All right. You'll be surprised. <laughs> what do you got? You got um, a story? I, uh... Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, Dan, yes, you're familiar with the Garden of Eden, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's over. That's uh, in in Logan, Utah. Is that right? <laughs> uh huh. Exactly right. Uh, no, no, it's in, it's in it's in Independence, Missouri, right? <laughs> that's also correct. There's a lot of different. It you know, it's really just a metaphor. It's not it's not a real thing, right? Well, UNESCO. Has uh, declared a site in is a, a bunch of wetlands, I guess, in southeast Iraq, um, to be a world heritage site now. Um, and this is this is the region that is widely considered to be the Garden of Eden. Are are we talking about Mesopotamia? Yes, <laughs> that the confluence of the Tigris and Euphrates. Rivers. Oh my gosh! Uh, there are uh, marshlands where um, marsh Arabs—that's a thing—have <laughs> uh, lived for millennia. According <coughs> marsh to this Arabs. Marsh Arabs. It's 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 like ooh, it paints a picture. Ooh, it's the it's the Middle Eastern marsh Arab. Everyone, be quiet to hear its call. If, if we're very lucky, we might get to see the mating dance of the Middle Eastern marsh Arab. <laughs> Look at how he fans his plumage. Oh, yeah, <laughs> indeed. That's very funny. Yes. Um, so, you know, the... <sighs> so this it's, is a, it's, it's the Garden of Eden. That's what they're claiming. Absolutely 100% the Garden of Eden. When you see <laughs> pictures, you could not help but imagine that these marshy wetlands were what we all think of when we think of the Garden of Eden. See, no, I, I had this story, too. You and I both had this story when mm -hmm. we showed up today. Uh, when I was looking at it, I was like, yeah, you're right. It's like, it's a swamp. It's a swamp. You, how, how is that the Garden of Eden? How can yeah. any, like, you can't even walk. You have to be on a boat. Yeah, that sounds lovely. <laughs> that sounds... And behold, like Eden to me. Adam rode forth to Eve <laughs> and said unto her, "Well, when they were yeah, paddle over to the tree of life and 
Well, but they're all. But the thing is, there's all these little islands. Yeah. These little. So so you know they could have been on one of those little islands. You need to. You the, guys the, should the all pictures. go and look up. Frank showed me earlier a picture of 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 a little village that's in this Awa. place. Awa. So A H W A H, which. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that. But agua, agua. It's agua. It's pronounced agua because there's lots of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's amazing because there's these tiny little islands of land, each with, with a hut. Each has a hut on it or two. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And apparently, and farm animals. Apparently, the main thing to do in the in the Garden of Eden is like. Hide kidnap victims or smuggle <laughs> drugs or like like apparently like well and it's interesting this this area has always like has been used that way right, right for for a while uh, Saddam Hussein actually uh, drained the marshes right because to, because to, to rebels like, were hiding there yeah to to, <laughs> to smoke them out you know and uh, so yeah he had the, the he accused the region's marsh Arab. Arabs of treachery mm. um, during the uh, 1980 to 1988 war with Iran. Um, so he dammed it all up, and uh, and then so I guess well the, ne- the after ne- his overthrow, uh, the locals knocked down the dams and let the water come back in, and the area has been sort of returning to its marsh original marsh glory. And yeah. then now UNESCO has recognized that this is actually a really important stopover point for birds in their migratory paths. There's, there's, I think I, I said like ibis and uh, other birds, yeah, um, that all you know make home there for a minute, right? And so it's 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 actually this really important site. Now I just I, I'll say this: was it the Garden of Eden? Was there a Garden of Eden? Of course there was. Of course there was. It had to be. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. Uh-huh. The next dictator who tries to dam up that thing yeah. will think twice now that UNESCO's involved. <laughs> because they've done such a good job protecting they other t- sites. Everyone's terrified of the the specter of UNESCO. You don't fuck around. You see that UNESCO well, plaque, and you're like, oh, I was going to destroy this, but now. Well, you had better <laughs> not. You might bring about. Their disapproving looks. They would they have, have the worst disapproving looks. Extreme consternation, my friends. <laughs> That's what you're facing. And nobody oh. wants to face that. No, no. Never. The disappointment, the sheer oh, disappointment that you would engender. It's actually worse to disappoint UNESCO <laughs> yeah. than even make them angry. You'll make them cry. <laughs> It's not, it's they not can okay. never trust you again. They are sensitive souls over there. <laughs> we just don't think we can trust you anymore. <laughs> just, oh, oh, daddy. Um, here's a here's a, uh, a, a an article from our local Deseret News. Oh, the Mormon Church owned uh, news source. <laughs> so called news. So called news. Source. This one's an interesting. One. I here's the thing. I started reading this, going into it thinking. I am going to mock the shit out of this. Oh, good. And then it changed my mind. What? Uh, How dare you? A Colorado pastor um, was talking to uh, a a guy who owned a local coffee shop. And, you know, as pastors are wont to do, brought up Mm. religion and whatever. And he was Mm. like, no thanks. I'm I'm an atheist, says (laughs) says the, the coffee shop owner. 
whose name, by the way, is Trax Henderson. T R A X. Wow. Sounds made Trax. up. Trax. Sounds made up. Hi, I'm Trax. I'm Trax. Trax the atheist. Anyway, uh, these two, uh, Preston Ulmer was the name of the is the name of the uh, pastor. These two got talking, and they started a club called the Doubters Club, and it's basically uh, it started as a club for for atheists and agnostics and doubters to go and talk about uh, uh, religion and debate things and talk about, which to me. My, I, you know, the skeptic in me looks at that. The, the the cynic in me looks at that and says, this is just a pastor's way of trying to convert people. And maybe this is just an atheist's way of trying to convert people the other direction and whatever. And I just thought, yeah, okay, so it's just a battle. Right. But apparently it's turned into this place where it's just you become friends with people who believe something different than you. Mm-hmm. And you talk about things that are important to you. I feel like it's good. Sounds awful. <laughs> I feel like we need these conversations to be happening. Oh, God. <laughs> Who wants to be stuck in that conversation? Well, if it's re- actually respectful, if it's actually like a thing. <laughs> I don't need, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> well, and therein lies the problem. No. I'm, I, I just don't, I just... I don't want... Uh, you don't want that? It's not for you? My, uh... It's just cringeworthy. It's yeah. annoying. Well, I mean... No, I mean, Dan, it's a good thing. Of course it's a good thing. I think it's interesting. I, I tend to wonder... I, it want, makes me wonder how many people will change their views in which direction. Mm. Like, like what... In, in that kind of environment, surely somebody's going to switch sides at some point, but who? Mm. Well, they opted to have the conversation in the first place. Yeah, they're which doing is it, always. They're doing it in risky. the church. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 on the uh, the Christians' home turf. So uh, uh, that's no, that's, that's so good. Point for them. Well, it's not like the atheists had home turf, right? We well, there's a coffee shop. Oh, so that yeah. is our home turf. I yeah. feel like we that that's kind of where we have. Yeah, <laughs> brunch. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. That's then you've got that whole gay crossover thing, and which uh, that's risky too. Risky. It's all risky. It's all very risky. Just don't go in, out into public. That's the safest. It's, it's, yeah, it's probably thing. best just for hole yourself up somewhere. All atheists to just stay in a dark, <laughs> damp room. <laughs> don't uh, ever talk to anybody. Yeah. Don't play Pokemon Go, guys. What? Nothing. I might be talking about that later. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay, go. Dan. Yeah. Here, uh, here's a surprising thing. Okay. Maybe not that, that surprising. Um, 70,000 um, Muslim clerics in India have issued a fatwa, which is a word I love saying. Right. Fatwa. Um, against ISIS, the Taliban, and other terrorist groups. Ooh. A fatwa, Dan. Want <clears throat> to try that again? <laughs> a fatwa, Dan. <laughs> wow. That's uh now wait, where are these clerics based? India. Oh, the Indian Indian Muslims. Uh yeah, so I mean it'd be it'd be more powerful if these were maybe Saudi Arabian. Yeah, it would mean you know, a lot more clerics. I, I think it's pretty easy for uh, for people to ignore Indian uh, clerics. 
Well, that's horrid, Dan. I'm uh, saying Middle Eastern. Uh, th- there, there's a hierarchy of clerics. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. A Saudi cleric is like top of the line, and then uh, it goes down. Yeah. If you like buy into that whole Sufi. No, not Sufi. What is it? Uh, Sunni versus Shia versus no, 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 no. The, the, no? the brand of of Islam that's in. Yeah, you're right. It's one of there's those two, and then there's another oh. subset that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> oh, that sucks. No, anyway, so these guys, um, they are, of course, denouncing, you know, these groups. Yeah. And they're saying that, they, that they're calling on the international media to stop identifying them as, uh, as Muslim groups. Because no is... true, true Scotsman. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, and, and therein lies the problem for me with this whole story right right um because i mean it's one thing like and and we've had this discussion before of and and it, it actually is why i was excited to to find this headline right right because we've had this discussion about this need for people for muslims to like full throat issue full-throated den- uh, denunciations of right. these terrorist groups right but then when they try to like say well yeah but they're not even they're not even really part of our community. Right. That's that's the problem. Right. You're, this is this continues <clears throat> to be p- the the problem, right? Is it's it's I I think that is or Muslims really need to own the fact that there is a faction of their community that is fucked up. Right. And and you can't just sit there and say no 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 we this is about peace and our our, our, our that's like, not us and the 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 quran line about um killing one person is like killing all humanity or whatever the line is mm. um you know okay great yeah that you say that but what about these fucktards over here who are you know well and you kill it's nice that they have one verse that says you that that's anti-killing they also have 50 verses that are pro-killing. Exactly. So you kind of have to work through all of it. Yeah. Uh, and you have to, yes. Uh, but it is nice that at least somebody's doing something. At least they're at least they're denouncing. And fatwa is a big, scary word to us Westerners, so that means something. Fatwa. Fatwa. Next thing, jihad. They need a jihad. They, a struggle against ISIS. Against ISIS. Anyway, well, that's good. You know, that's that. Is yeah. it progress, though, Dan? No, I mean it's not. It's, it's maybe in India, maybe things just got a little more tolerant in in uh, Aurangabad. Sure, wouldn't that be great? Oh, that's what I've been hoping for all these days, uh, all these years, Dan. I uh, I, st- I stayed in a in a very Islamic looking uh, uh, hotel in Aurangabad. It, no, it was like Islamic. It was looking. it was Arabic uh, architecture. Oh, sort of looked kind of like the Taj Mahal, but different. Oh, so, yeah. interesting. It was Dan. interesting. Wow, I, I liked That's, it. Wow, and and uh, yeah, Aurangabad's a very uh, Islamic portion of India. So it just got safer, is what you're saying? Yeah, because because uh, they don't like that. Less likely for ISIS stuff. to show up in Aurangabad. Right. Exactly. All right, uh, moving on to uh, another exotic location, hmm? Indiana, um, or no, sorry, Illinois. Uh, <laughs> the reason I said Indiana is because, uh, uh, let's see, about four years ago, 
there was a lawsuit in Indiana, you may remember this, uh, over its marriage laws because um, people could uh, – this is about who can officiate a wedding. Uh, not just officiate, but who can uh, be the uh, – the what do they call it? A celebrant? No. A, who, who can solemnize a wedding? Because mm. there's a difference. Mm. Officiating is conducting the ceremony. Solemnizing is signing the paper. Oh, the, really? the legal paperwork. And, and in uh, Illinois currently, there's no way for an atheist to be able to do that, except to sign up uh, you know, with one for of these a, online ministries or whatever. A fake church of some kind. But that means you have to sort of declare that you're part of a fake church. Now, right. a lot of people don't have a problem with that, but you might. If you, know, if you want to have like, integrity to what you're doing, you may, well, you, it may bother you to sign up for a fake church just to do this. So the, uh, the CFI, the, the Center for Inquiry, mm. has uh, filed a case just like they did uh, four years ago in Indiana to make it legal for a non-religious person to okay. solemnize weddings. At this point, uh, the way that our, our, our the, sort of the culture has gone with these like online churches and everything, right? Right. And people just marrying their friends, and it's no big deal, right? Right. It, nothing. Everybody the world has not crumbled around us, right? Right. right because exactly. of this. Like, just have a thing. I have to go sign. I read a document. Yeah. I acknowledge what the responsibilities are. Why are we pretending it? that the what? state needs more than just signatures of the people participating? Yeah. I mean, witnesses. I don't even understand the need for witnesses. Maybe. It's a legal contract. So, yeah, if things so, go south, so you know. a witness is fine. <laughs> but like, yes, he said yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was there. They both agreed. They both signed. I was present for all of it. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's silly to to believe that you need a judge or a, or a a pastor mm. to make sure. Are you sure you you should be doing this? What about just a notary public? Yeah, exactly. Let's or, go and show your ID. Show or, you, you know. Get out the little stampy thing and yeah, okay, exactly. you're married. Yeah. I, it's so dumb. Colorado, ha, you can just sign the paperwork. You don't even need an officiant. Really? Which is what um, Andrea and I did. We ran that away. Just, that just sounds awful. We we eloped. How dare they? I know. They're just, they're dismantling Godless everything. Godless heathens is what they everything are. Everything that this country has stood for, for these last... I don't know how long. Ugh. It's de- a couple decades. The country's falling apart <laughs> is what we're getting to. <laughs> okay, well, this is good. Yeah. So atheists go to Colorado or, or Illinois soon. Well, hopefully soon. Indiana. The, the lawsuit is filed. Yeah. Go to Indiana, Indiana if you have to. How is it here? I don't uh, know. I, I, I don't know. I think a Mormon has to marry you. <laughs> I think it's it's <laughs> lecture you beforehand. Right. It's not legal unless a Mormon bishop has told you about <laughs> what? How, how bad you are <laughs> and how how this is actually sort of a second class marriage. Have you been to one of those weddings? So, yeah. This is the thing. So just so you know, we're, what we're referencing kids is the fact that some Mormons will get married either so what will happen is either a Mormon is marrying a non-Mormon uh-huh. or two Mormons who haven't been very good Mormons are getting right. married. 
And they don't want to wait until they're good enough to go into the temple and get a proper Mormon wedding. Right. Because a proper Mormon wedding happens in the temple. Yes. And you can't go there unless you're you're uh, good, squeaky clean. Mainly, you've been paying your tithing. But, That's the main thing. They but really in the care case about. of Mormon weddings, you can't have been fucking. Yeah, but. And if you, they're if, they're more likely to look at you sideways if you haven't been paying your tithing. Well, that's true. But if you've been fucking, they'll make you wait. No, that's true. They'll too. say, yeah. you know, you can't fuck for six months or a year, and you have to wait until that time to, before you're worthy no, no, of going no, no, into no. the temple. No, no, no. You have to get your lie straight for a year, <laughs> right? <laughs> Exactly, because you made the their first mistake was, was actually admitting. To was, it. was yeah, your only mistake was just <laughs> you just you go in there and you lie bald faced to your bishop, and, and then you can repent for that later. Anyway, uh, but you get your temple marriage. So so, so every now and then a Mormon bishop will be will will preside over a, a, a non temple marriage, mm-hmm. and inevitably, invariably, they get their licks in. They're instructed to. In it's in the their, ceremony. It's in the guidebook. Really? For conducting a civil um, uh, when a bishop conducts a civil marriage, they they, they, ha- they there's a guidebook. It's so and it dumb. actually says that they're supposed to remind the couple publicly, right, that this is not a temple marriage, right, and that th- that they should be working toward a temple. And marriage. there's all this code coded language in it, like, and I I marry you for time. In this, and they, and what, the temple, and, and they what, say it for time and all eternity. Right. So there's two, there's two brands of marriage in Mormonism. There's for time, which is only until you die. Right. And then there's for time. So in lieu and of saying eternity. until death do you part. Right. They say, I marry you for time. Right. Pregnant pause. So uh, everybody can imagine so everybody, the lack of. Right. So, and all eternity. So all the Mormons hear the part of the phrase is missing. <laughs> and then they go on. Ugh. It's passive aggression at its finest, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Mormons are good at it. They're good at it. <sighs> Dan. Yeah. Sometimes I'm all for, like, freedom of religion. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think it's important. It's a good thing. Okay. But sometimes I think China's got it figured out. <laughs> okay. At least on this topic. Okay. Um, apparently, there's the G20 summit coming up, and it's going to be hosted in China. All right. And in preparation, in order to create a safe environment for the G20 Yo. summit, the Chinese authorities have banned churches. <laughs> That, uh, They'll take any excuse. They'll find any excuse to just hassle the religious in I, China. I, for the I, G20, I, well, well, what are we going to do? We can't have churches. <laughs> what if they see them? I don't get it. Like, why? What? What is their reasoning behind that? Um, do you have any sense of that? Well, they. Let's see. In order, officials. Da, 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 da. There's so there's an annual two-day meeting, of course, blah, 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 and this time da, da. officials have declared a week-long public holiday over the event to reduce congestion, but religious worship has also been barred. Huh. So no worship at the convention. So like no worship in the town. 
in the, the in this ca- in the whole city. So the I was avoiding trying to say one of the more uh, difficult Chinese cities names. Zhejiang. Uh, Zhejiang. Okay. So that's the capital. The, oh, I'm sorry. The city of Hangzhou. That's not so hard. Um, the, it's the capital of the Zhejiang province. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, they just want people to be safe, you know, because, you know, religious worship is really, it's dangerous. I mean, we know it's dangerous. <laughs> well, you and I see some danger in it. <laughs> I don't know if like they're seeing the same danger or if they're like, because it seems like they're seeing a very present, a right. clear and present danger. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. This is, um, there's, uh, Lee Guisheng, uh, who's a Christian human rights lawyer, uh, says, I cannot understand why they have done this. Worshiping God has nothing to do with the G20 summit. This is what we're saying as well. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's very interesting. Like, I, I, but I, it, again, it, it's, it's, it's more, they'll, they'll, they'll use any excuse to because they just the to, to the, shut them up. The system, the party, hates it so much, right? <laughs> and I gotta just hand it to them. It's wonderful. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, very un-American, Franklin. But it's perfectly Chinese. <clears throat> it is. It is. <laughs> it is quintessentially Chinese, indeed. So, uh, so well done. Yeah. <laughs> well done, China. There you go. <laughs> Well, all anybody's been talking about over the past week. Uh Uh-huh. Pokemon Go, dude. (laughs) I know. It's so fun. I hear there was a convention that happened, too, but Pokemon Go. Yeah. Uh, So I I, I even tried playing a little bit. Yeah. It turns out that, like, you end up meeting people that you don't know, and I didn't. That's distasteful to me. I don't want to meet people. No. Out in the streets. How weird, Dan. (laughs) Also, to actually be out in public. Oh, I like being out in public. In interacting with people. I will say this. It's alarming the number of middle-aged men walking around very clearly looking for Pokemon out there. <laughs> and I did not want to be one of their number. Oh. If I had a friend, I, I might get my nephews or something and go out with them. Yeah. Because that's, that's fun. That's more fun. I played it while taking my dog for a walk. Oh. Did you get any nice. Pidgeys? What are, is that what they're called? Pidgeys? PG? I, I don't know. I got a couple things. things. Yeah, and I went to uh, a site where you spin the thing and uh-huh. you get the Pokeballs. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, there's but a problem, it, my friend. No. <laughs> yes. Here's the thing. And this is a, there's actually something great about this, too. But um, place, there are certain places that have asked uh, the game maker to make them... Po- uh, uh, Pokemon-free zones. Now, for those who don't know, here's I have to explain... What you do with this game, uh, you walk around holding your phone. Your phone has the GPS in it. It's connected to, like, it's got basically an overlay over, like, Google Maps. So it knows all of the areas. And certain landmarks in your neighborhood and all over the world are designated as pokey stops where you go and you do the thing. Uh And there are what they call gyms Uh that are like... And all of this is in the real world. And you have to actually walk to these places looking for these things in the real world. And then you can, like, capture little Pokemons that pop up all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. While you're out in your little adventures. Right. But you have to be walking around in the real world. You can't just sit at home and play. So that's kind of cool. You know, nerds are getting exercise and all that sort of thing. Sunshine. Uh Yeah. 
However, um, maybe not appropriate at Auschwitz. Yeah, <laughs> so like that's a problem. There have been some places that have had to ask uh, Nintendo or whoever to please make us a Pokemon free zone, so that there aren't kids like walk like running around like ooh a, a, whatever a thing. A, a, I'm trying to think of a name. What's the what's the famous one? A Pikachu. Yeah, it's a Pikachu. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm too old for Pokemon. I don't know these. Pokemon. I know it's not. It wasn't part of my childhood. Right. It was. Yeah. And generations so, after us. Yeah. I remember that. being annoyed <laughs> that it existed, and now I'm rather excited. The game's kind of fun because going for a walk and playing a game at the same time has a certain allure. Right. There's something, and and like I've been talking to people who are like commenting on on like. How they they didn't even realize how many kids lived in their neighborhood, right? Because kids don't go don't, out don't anymore. Go, don't go out and play. Yeah, uh, Auschwitz, Arlington National Cemetery has asked to not be a Pokemon place. Mm. Uh, I will say this: uh, it's very popular, apparently, in Indonesia. Pokemon oh, really? Go, in spite of the fact that Saudi Arabia's top clerical body recently renewed a fifteen-year-old fatwa. No! Against Pokemon. What? Wait. <laughs> because Pokemon promotes gambling uh, because I guess they fight each other. Okay. And so there's risk involved. And the theory of evolution. Because the Pokemons evolve into bigger and bigger fighters, bigger and better animals. It's a fucking game. <laughs> it's not even how evolution actually works, but there's a fatwa. So and, and okay. yet in the, in the most Muslim country in the world, or rather the the the, the world's lar- largest Muslim population, uh, apparently it's a smash hit. Wow! They do like their uh, they do like their their electronics. Are the are the characters covered appropriately <laughs> in, in in the Muslim world? A, a, a wild hijab has appeared. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. All right. There you go. Yeah, I mean... Got to catch them all. It's such a phenomenon. It it really is. Yeah. I was... I I have to admit, I was I was recently in Nova Scotia. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, caught me some pokies there. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. It wasn't even supposed to have been released in Canada yet, I thought, but... Okay. But there they were. Nova... 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 Po- poka. <laughs> by, by the way, uh, I, I just call it Poke Mongo. Because that's okay. what the hashtag looks like. Oh, Pokemongo. Okay. Pokemongo. You can use that. That's uh, that's registered trademark. I, I just like asking the kids. Oh, you got some of them Pokemans? <laughs> Do you have any Pokemans? <laughs> where you where where'd you get them? I'll go get some. <laughs> Pokemans. Uh, Gotta catch them all. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. Well, Dan. Yeah. I, hey, if you have uh, Pokemans that you want to tell us all about, <laughs> I we have one guy. One guy in the members only lounge actually posted a thing where he he apparently there's a a gym that's uh, at, at a local church. Yeah. And he likes to go and and capture the gym and then leave Pokemons there that have uh, not religious n- names like God Delusion and stuff because oh. you get to name your pokemon that's guarding your gym oh really so people are there like yeah so you could do subversive things like that <laughs> got it that's just yeah exactly go 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 and name your your pokemon mark of the beast 666 jesus hates you 
Anyway, uh, if you if you have good ideas about how to uh, how to have fun with Pokemon, write to us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. And while on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. It's a closed group, so you have to ask to, you know, to be, be a part of it. Yep. And it may true. take a minute. And you have, to, be you have to be nice and respectful when you get there. Yeah, that's the whole point. All right. Uh, we're going to hear some... Glenn Beck, people. Glenneth T. Beckerstein. <laughs> he's he's talking about his his, uh, his ranch. His ranch. He's Didn't got he a know ranch. He had one. Yep. He's he's got a ranch and uh, Beck Acres. Strange things are happening. I get a call from the ranch last night, and we have a problem because we had to artificially inseminate a lot of our our cows um, because the bull wasn't doing his job. And that's his only job. Walk around and have sex whenever you want it. There's 50 of them here. Just whatever you want, whichever one you want. Have at it, boy. That's a good life. Right. So, yeah, But he wouldn't. That's his job, and he wouldn't. Okay? He did a couple. You know, I was like, eh. <sighs> you know, so we thought, okay, he must be getting tired. He must be getting old. He's, I don't know. Got a call last night. <laughs> the neighbor down the street, their bull, jumped their fence going down the street and jumps my fence in with my bull. Oh, that's a problem because you only have one because they kill each other. They'll kill each other. You don't, you don't put, there's one bull per farm, okay? They've become very close. The two bulls? And they are <laughs> enjoying each other's company. They're making it? And I believe he said, I said, they're gay bulls and he said i don't know if they're going with the times or what he said i've never seen in all my years of doing i've never seen this before he said but yes they're in i and i don't know can i be sued if i have to get rid of this bull and fire him because he's gay because he's not doing his job or <laughs> wow do I, do I have to i mean i don't know what <laughs> I, I, i've never heard of that before i mean you find love where it is that's right that's right. Unfortunately, I need you to do the other job because I need to eat your children. Oh God, Gables! It's 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 Clark Gable. I get it. I love it. I would love if I were a ranch owner. I would be so happy if I had if 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 I had Gables. Well, you definitely create a Twitter feed for him. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole series of things you do. <laughs> you start charging people to come and visit. You march them in the gay pride parade. Oh, yeah. For sure. Paint, yeah. paint a rainbow flag on them. Yeah. Hopefully they have sex right there on the... Have a, a mat matador <laughs> with a gay flag. <laughs> ole. <laughs> gay ole. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just think that that's very funny. Hey, guess what, Glenn Beck? Guess what, you Mormon? Yeah, gay happen. Homosexuality happens in other species. Other species. It Experience. seems to be a perfectly normal, Experience natural SSA. phenomenon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. A so very, I don't know. He may not be. I wonder how how anti-gay he is. No, how how oh. gay this bull is. Well, right. You know, maybe he's the B in LGBT. Hey, bulls. <laughs> he's, right. Yeah. 
He's 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 <laughs> the, he's the B in LGBT. <laughs> Is that what you said? Yes. I'm saying he might be a Bible. Oh, my brain's not working. Sorry, he's that the... made me really laugh. <laughs> um, there you go. Uh, Bible. You know, you got you to gotta find love where you can find it. I mean, they were saying that. I just love that these guys... I just... I love when, you know, Christian people have to sort of face the reality the reality of, of life of life and it's just like oh we'll just i don't know what to do let's laugh it off we'll just <laughs> laugh it off I don't, who knows some uh, some writers in maybe a caller in i have a caller yeah okay well i'm gonna i'll read a a, a thing and uh and and we'll we'll go from there um this is in reference to last week we talked about uh superstitions and various indeed uh, various things and i thought this was interesting hey frank and dan i've written in a few times and have been listening to you for a while now and the conversation of drugs has never really been discussed in detail uh, uh yeah i take drugs majority pot and very occasionally once a year maybe mdma hmm. uh that's that's ecstasy for you kids out there oh no uh, as an atheist i have re- i have realized that the trips quote, trips or feelings I get during and after taking drugs are not deep spiritual connections with the universe. They don't tell me anything about the meaning of of existence, and it definitely isn't God. So it's all in the head. And uh, as an atheist, this is weird. Everyone says that taking drugs brings them closer to to a universal higher place, but it's just the brain? This doesn't make me enjoy drugs any less. I take them to numb my disappointment in the world. Uh, I've had hallucinations of the devil, Jesus, voices, etc. At the end of the trip, I'm thinking, wow, the brain is crazy. And wow, religion is really ingrained in me. My experience has also made me say, I want, has never made me say, I want to convert. Um, people who have near-death experiences often convert. They do not understand that they were either so drugged up in the hospital that their hallucinations are bound to happen, or, uh, when, or when they do get close to death, your brain kind of switches off and can trigger all sorts of weird shit. Anyway, I just thought that that was an interesting thought. Like, the, the, there, I know people who are not religious. Uh-huh. And we did miss this one. I know people who are not religious who uh, do drugs to be spiritual. Hmm. Who do drugs because it feel, they feel... They feel it, a connection. They feel like they, they, they touch something. Deep in the universe that they couldn't well, touch. Be, yeah, and my Deeply my feeling, moving experience. My feeling is that going. yes, it is just sort of yeah. You're fucking with brain chemistry yeah. here. You're you're gonna and and certain brain chemistry like we know that certain brain chemicals do uh, have very specific effects on us. Oh, yeah. LSD has been found to make people feel spiritual. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, DMT which is the active drug, uh, which can be a drug on its own, or it's the active drug in ayahuasca. That, mm. that totally makes people feel very spiritually connected. They feel like they've 
encountered a presence Ooh. a lot of times. Right. But it's just you're, you're just fucking with your brain. You're your messing perception. with your brain. Yeah. It may feel and your incredibly real. Make, trying to make sense of this very foreign experience. Right. They say you that D- so DMT is actually a naturally occurring, like we have it in our bodies naturally. Yeah. And that's what they say happens right as you die. So people who have near-death experiences have this like DMT trip. Yeah. And then, yeah, they think, I mean, yes, your brain is the way that you perceive reality. So it's going to feel real right. if it happens in your brain. It's going to feel like a real thing happened. Right. It's your brain! Anyway, uh, that's an interesting thing. Um, do you want to do... Uh, why don't we do the, the voicemail? Yeah, we can listen in on uh, a, 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 an important question from a, from a caller. Hey, Frank and Dan. Um, I have a question. What should I do about these Christians? Um, they, we, Myself and a couple of my friends were walking downtown. Now, myself and one of my friends are atheists and then the two other friends are christians um i saw a group evangelizing or whatever you call it across the street from us and they were talking about how because gay people can get married now it is the world is going to end so i went on to say i'm gay i'm atheist and i hope i'll go to hell and i laughed about it but it was one of those laughs to so that you won't cry and i kind of angrily walked away. Now, my two Christian friends seem to be offended, and even my atheist friend seems to be offended that I said something like that. Um, in your opinion, what should I do? I felt offended by people like those people across the street spitting that stuff at me since I was very young. Um, I've known I was gay since about third or fourth grade, and I've heard that stuff all my life. But now when I say something, it's a problem. What should I do? Thanks, guys. Um, have a great day. It's a tricky position to be in. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to just take a wild guess that this fellow is in the South. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> that's just going to, that's based what on. What are you basing? Yeah. What, what is that? Psychic uh, oh, intuition. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, and, and so it's hard. Like, you, it's tough to be surrounded by people who think you're evil. Yeah. Just for. I mean, especially with the gay thing, it, you know, with, with the atheist thing, they think you're evil for some, for a choice that you've made. With the gay thing, you haven't even made a choice. Well, they still think it's a choice. They think it's a choice, they're gonna, they're, but but you haven't made a choice. Right. You're just you. You're just, you're attracted to who you're attracted to. Yeah. If you're a bull, it's the same thing. <laughs> but the, I, so it's tough when people around you are uh, are hateful in that way. I have to say. I don't know. You're, you were gay in the South. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you weren't openly out gay there when you were when you lived there in Oklahoma. But Oklahoma, yeah. Arguably, <laughs> you can argue whether it's part of the South. But um, oh, uh, same same situation. Yeah, being surrounded by um religious folks and whatnot. Uh, I mean, I. I also the, the the other thing that that I had was that I grew up Mormon mm-hmm. in a very Bible belty area, um, rural. So add that on to it. Um, that was not 
like kind or welcoming to Mormons. Right. right? And so I kind of cut my teeth on the whole being an outsider thing uh, due to my parents' religion. Right. Actually, uh, ironically. Hmm. Uh, so I, I feel like I had a lot of the um, sort of the skills in place. Um, I mean, I, I, I always approached it from just a turn the other cheek sort of perspective mm. of like, it's not worth it to like, like, yeah, you can like defend yourself, you know, to a certain extent, but at the end of the day, it's better just to like, just walk away. I think like, it's different with people that you know. Right. But like, if you're, if you're facing something with just like, you know, it Dicks occurs in the school hall, right. you know, it's easier just to keep going. Well, the truth. Okay. So, so I think, I think what has to happen here is that we, as, as sort of minority believers uh, in this country, mm-hmm. uh, as atheists and, and gay people as, as people who are, uh, you know, again, in a minority group, in a marginalized group, you gotta find a way to make yourself right with you. Yeah. And you, you, it's it's absolutely vital that you fully embrace yourself uh-huh. and develop a thick skin and and <laughs> because people right. are going to say nasty things right and once and 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 but but the key to not to not letting them get to you mm-hmm. is to own you is to be right with you mm. because then they can say whatever they want and you'll look at them and you'll roll your eyes and you'll be like oh those dipshits yeah but they won't hurt you because you already know you're okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was fine as that kid in the high school. Right. Um, because I knew that I was going to the Celestial Kingdom. Right. And right. that they were not. Right. Yeah. And boy, did I feel so much better. Oh, wow. Oh, that more. Oh, gross. <laughs> that's so disgusting. <laughs> But that's that's where the that's where all of these people are coming from, right? Uh-huh. The spiritual uh, superiority complex that they yeah. have. Yep. And you know that it's not true. Mm-hmm. But you just just get so right with you and get find your people, mm-hmm. find your people, so that you can have, you can feel you have a place where you feel loved and comfortable, and and even if even if you can't find enough people in your neighborhood. Find people online. Find mm. people anywhere. Find your people and know that you are good. Right. Like, you're okay as you are. Yeah. And the more right you are with you, the less anybody else's problems are going to be your problems. Right. You don't have to, you, you don't have to worry about what they have to say because you're okay. Yep. That's as good as I got. Um, good, Dan. You know. Uh, Megan wrote in, said... Uh, this is again about about our discussion of superstitions. She says, "Sometimes I'm embarrassed to admit that tarot is my guilty pleasure." Uh, we were talking about you when mm-hmm. your 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 little tarot thing. Uh, I haven't counted lately, but I probably have close to twenty decks. Oh wow! Uh, uh, do I think it's magical or foretells the future? Uh, no, I wish it was. <laughs> but the artwork is gorgeous, all in an, all in itself, and the fact is. Uh, it actually helps. Reading tarot helps me uh, deal with my depression. Hmm. I know it sounds weird, but it helps me to investigate my emotions in a more healthy way. I use tarot mainly as a journal and meditation aid. Hmm. And it's fun, especially at parties. I like the spookiness tarot evokes. Mm, uh, yeah. But I've been told that I read tarot very well uh, oh. from friends and people I don't know well. Uh, and 
that I've freaked people out <gasps> with my accuracy. No. But the truth is, tarot deals in with virtually universal themes. The people I read for are going to relate to the cards because the cards are expressing generalities and express and experiences most of us go through, i.e. Barnum statements. And because they want to relate to the reading, oh, and because they want to relate to, re to the reading. Uh, and of course, while I don't consciously cold read people, I'm sure I, I, I am just at least a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> right. I love, love the podcast. Cool. Thanks, Megan. Uh, yeah, there you go. I, I, you know, when it's just for fun, fine. It's, it, I mean, it's only a problem when people think that there's something magical happening. Mm. Unfortunately, what's funny is that people want to believe that something magical is happening. I've seen people who have been told that they were getting a reading from either a fake psychic or blah, blah, blah. Like they're, you know, they go through the reading and then afterwards they're told this was fake and they go, oh no, that was real. That, I don't know if I, the person may not think that it was real, but it was real. Yeah. They tapped into something very real. So Ooh, that's, that's really creepy. If somebody <laughs> wants to believe they're a gonna. Yeah. Uh, right. I got one more email. This one's going to be a little rough. Not rough. We're just going to, we're going to get a little serious for a second. Okay. Hi, Frank and Dan. I was listening to the last episode and you were talking about hell and superstitions and it hit on something that I've been struggling with a lot lately. I was raised Catholic and have been atheist since about the end of high school. For the most part, it's been a positive change in my life, but things have gotten more complicated. Uh, for a while, life has been bad, really, really bad. So bad that I've been wrestling with the idea of suicide. I was suicidal for a while in high school, and in large part, it was only the idea of hell and fear, that, uh, of continu and fear of continuing my suffering forever that kept me from doing it long, long enough for the help I was uh, getting to actually work and life to improve. Now I don't have that same conviction, the, though there have been bad days where the idea uh, that just maybe the Catholics are right and hell would be a thing... Uh, has kept me from doing something ridiculously stupid on the off chance that I would end up suffering forever. But something you don't actually believe in is really, really isn't much of a safety net to rely on. So I've been trying to find reasons without, within being an atheist on why that would be a terrible idea and I shouldn't do it. Often what I've found people point out is that uh, there's, since, nothing, since there's nothing after this, uh, this is the only life you have, so why would you want to toss it away? It's all you've got. Make the most of it. And that works to a certain extent, but it also feels like if this is the only life you have and it's shit, and it's been shit, and, you even, and, and even when it isn't, you know shit will just come again sooner rather than later, why put yourself through that? Uh, I guess I was wondering if you guys would have any advice or insight. All the best, D's nuts. <laughs> Just kidding, he says, Elliot. <laughs> well, that's a that's a good one. That's an interesting point because I think I think the religious have a very uh, powerful deterrent mm -hmm. uh, there, and we don't have that same that same reasoning hmm. to keep us from the ledge. Hmm. Well, and you and I, Frank, we should start by saying that uh, while. Elliot, we care about this, and we care mm -hmm. about you. Right. Uh, we're not experts at this at all. No. And there are experts out there who would be much more helpful, and I, we encourage you to, uh, 
to go to them. Seek them out. There's the National Suicide um, Lifeline. There's there's also um, uh, Grief Beyond Belief, yep. which is a, an atheist organization, entirely uh, belief-free. Uh, Are they suicide prevention? That, that's part... Well, I, I think they have a... a, a, a okay. I mean, I, I, you know... A lot of suicide uh, revolves around grieving. I don't know sure. if that's something that's that that, that applies to Elliot, but right. And there's also a, a oh, what's the atheist one? Okay, I should have been more prepared. Yeah, uh, you, um, but nonetheless, I mean, I I mean, just thinking about <clears throat> you know reasons to to live, right? Mm. Um. And and trying to come up with things that don't sound like uh, platitudes, right? Um, you know that, that's that's hard. Um, I, I I do think though that um, yeah, you, so you, you always have to consider the the the, the people in your life. I mm. think um, and accept and know that that your loss would 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 be really awful for them, right? And 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 that's and and so I mean that's thinking a little altruistically and I know that in depression that can be hard to do. Right. You know, but um that's a thing. But that's a thing. There's um, also, you know, he, you know that that you have to remember I guess your good days and not just you know, I don't I, know. I mean, I depression think, I th- is so hard and so seek, tricky and Seek therapy because yeah. part part of the deal here is that what you have to do, I think, I'm guessing, is work toward finding out what reasons you have. You specifically, not mm-hmm. me, not Frank, not anybody else. What reasons you have for living? What your connections to this life can be? What yeah. where your meaning lies? Yeah, because meaning is important, mm-hmm. and there's a reason. Uh, there, there, somewhere out there. You can find your meaning in this in this life. Mm-hmm. Now you may need help with that, and I think that uh, that seeking some therapeutic help mm-hmm. m- could be very very useful to you. It's been Key. it's been absolutely vital in my life. Uh, I've battled depression and anxiety for 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 my whole life, and uh, and 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 it's been delightful and and super helpful. And I'm a very happy and uh, and a very uh, uh, a fulfilled person. Because I put, I did a whole lot of very hard work in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-SUICIDE. Uh, that's 1-800-784-2433. Um, and there's also a Suicide and Crisis Hotline, uh, which is 1-800-999-9999. If you just dial 800 and then keep dialing nines, you'll, you'll get there. Um, and, you know, it's just... It's about, you know, you just got to find your place in this life. You have, you know, and only you can find it. Yeah. It's, it's, but if everything's shitty, I would say that the atheist way, the, 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 the skeptical mind way of, of dealing with that is to explore, is, yeah. is to do, run some experiments. You might as well, you know, if, if, if everything's, if nothing's working, try some new stuff. Yeah. That's the best we got. I don't. I don't have much more uh, than that. Well, I would always wait, like give it some time. 
right? Don't do anything rash. Right. You know, and try things. I think that's absolutely the, 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 that's good advice, Dan, I think. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that a lot that have helped a lot of people. It may not work for you, but go out and do some charity work and see if that makes you feel, feel fulfilled. Yeah. Go out, you know, go go, on a hike, go, go join, go join a, you know, a Peace Corps or, you know, some, some group that that will get you out of the country and into a different place. Go, Mm -hmm. you have nothing to lose on this point. Right. You can try anything. Right. It's harder when you when you're depressed it's hard to try new stuff because yeah. everything feels very oppressive right. to try. But you got nothing to lose in trying. Yeah. So I would say try some shit. If you you know if therapy worked for you before, great. If it hasn't worked for you, try a different therapist. Mm. Keep running the experiment. Keep seeing what this life has to offer you. Yeah. All right. All right. That's uh, maybe yeah. All right. Someday we'll have something useful to say about something. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Uh, Pie and Beer Day. Well, first we have some people to thank oh, that's on right. Patreon. That's right. Sorry. Uh, we have two new uh, patrons this week. We have Adrian and Larry. So thank you both. Adrian and Larry, thank Adrian you so much. Uh, if you what, what they're doing is they've gone to Patreon.com and become patrons of our show. A small amount uh, of money every 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 show every episode yeah. and it helps us out so tremendously uh so, so yeah thank you, you guys thank you so thank you much to everyone who who is a patron and thank you so much to our new patrons right and thank you to all the ones who are hearing this and now thinking about going to thank and clicking on the uh patreon link yeah. and uh becoming a patron themselves yeah uh yeah if you like what you hear Support us. So, here in Utah, here we are. Yes. Our state's holiday. Yes. The, so, the 24th of July, which I grew up calling it just simply the 24th of July. Right. So there were two holidays in, the, in July that were known by their date. Yeah. Um, it's but, the 24th. Yep. And both have fireworks. I just, I never knew which was which yeah. as a kid. Sometimes bigger fireworks on the 24th. That's right. Sometimes, well, no, it is a bigger parade. It is a bigger 24th. parade. It's true. Because yeah. uh, we take this whole thing seriously here. Yeah, the Mormons this, uh, and their, and we're ce- what we're celebrating is when the Mormon pioneers came to this here valley of Salt Lake. Yep. And, uh, and started their and little... Brigham Young stood... And gestured his hand outstretched. No. And said, this is the place. Nope. That's, that, <laughs> nope. That is, th- there is a monument of Brigham Young doing just that uh, at the This is the Place monument. At the mouth of at the Immigration mouth Canyon. Of Immigration Canyon. Uh, the, the real story is basically the same. He, he was actually sick in the back of a wagon and somebody described it to him and he said, yep, this is the right place. But... <coughs> you said, yeah, this, this, this place will do. This, right this place. place will do just fine. Uh, the the Mormon, the Mormon mythology is that he uh, that he had seen it in a vision, and that <gasps> that that he knew. But the, the who would the, have the, envisioned this place? But the truth is that like he had scouts, <laughs> like people had already found the place. And they they knew where they were going. Oh. So, so when it was described Dan, to him, he was you're like, taking, you're, "Wait, Dan, you're explaining <laughs> away all the all the the mystery and." It's and, true. And the mystique, yeah. actually, of, of, of the settling of this valley, Dan. It was ordained by God. Because there were no people here when they arrived. 
Right. <laughs> also not true. Also not true. There, the natives were here, and then there were also like trappers and all sorts of. And there's some a couple mines around, weren't there already? I don't know. Small mines. I don't know. Anyway, they were definitely trappers. You're right about. Anyway, that. the uh, the the Marmons came here on mass and. St- and started settling the place. And, yeah. And that's what we celebrate uh, every year. Well, they did a fine job of it. Indeed. It's a beautiful land. Uh, <laughs> Set up on a thrive- fantastic grid system. Yes, it is. Yes, you can indeed. find anything. It's, it's easy to get around once you, once you learn it. Um, uh, but here, so one of the things I wanted to talk about, a book has, has, been, has come out. Um, you, I, I think you and Mark may have covered something about this. Anyway, mm. uh, well, not the book. Um, the, but the book has come out, uh, it's by a woman named Carol Lynn Pearson, uh, about, it, it's called The Ghost of Eternal Polygamy. Ugh. Because co- polygamy is a thing that Mormons, that modern day Mormons struggle with. Well, yeah, because it's, it's officially still in the Doctrine and Covenants. It is, right? it's, uh, well, which it's is what, which is their scripture. Yeah. It is enshrined. The, the, the Doctrine and Covenants spells out celestial marriage, right, right? and eternal marriage, yeah. or, or or the kind of you know weddings that are performed in the uh, in the temple, right? Right. These we were talking for all eternity. Yeah, we were talking things. about that. Like this is one of their big draws uh, as Mormons talk as Mormons try and convert you. Yeah, you can be with your family for. You can come live the principle. You can come live the principle. And that is a reference to big love. Boys get to have as many girls as they want. Yeah. In the afterlife. Yep. Now, here's the thing. Of course, uh, we all know that uh, Mormons used to be, used to do it in the current life, in the, mm. this life. And yes. the fundamentalist sects still do it. Uh, yes. There. Um. It wasn't always a pleasant thing for the for the Lady Mormons. No, Dan, it was glorious. It wasn't always they something... shared in the housework and the tedium. Now there there are some accounts of women like really loving the polygamous <laughs> life because uh, sister so and so, my sister wife can uh, can take my little brat for a while. Uh, while well, I... and what about sister so and so over there? <laughs> mm. One does wonder if every now and then. A couple of them would uh, would would hmm, find some sister, some sister loving. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, um, for most of the women who were participating in it, it was an unpleasant thing, a horror. <laughs> and from and from most of the women now uh, who are in Mormonism, the thought of their of sharing their husband is an unpleasant one. An, a horror. Of, uh, in point of fact, it's <laughs> it, terrifying to them. <laughs> to the point, see, but so it, so it shouldn't matter, right? Because they, they stopped being polygamists. So it shouldn't matter. Except it's still in the doctrine. <laughs> and it's still in the afterlife. Yes. So in the afterlife, these men may still have more than one wife. So you've yes. got this eternal family you're building with this man. Mm-hmm. And then... She shows up, whoever she may be. So there's these women living with this specter that in the next life, they have to share this Mm. guy that they are in love with. Well, yeah, there there are so many more righteous women who will be in the celestial kingdom than (laughs) there are righteous men. And so... I heard that speculated upon. Right, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. What, and here's the other thing. When a woman, uh, when, a, when a Mormon has been married and sealed in the temple, mm-hmm. uh, there's this whole weird thing. So the theology is if a Mormon man loses his wife, if she, if she passes away, he, the widower, can then, you know, go on and marry someone else and be sealed to this other woman in the mm. temple. Mm-hmm. So he is now sealed to two women. Yeah, he's uh, a polygamist in heaven. Right. Russell Nelson, uh, one of their, their leaders, the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, I think. Who, yeah, who can keep up with all Who was one of the main guys promoting the one man, one woman thing during right. Prop 8. right. He was married to two women by their... Theologically, he was married to two women at that moment. Yes. And when he goes to heaven, he fully expects to have both of them there with him. Yeah. A little bit of hypocrisy, theological hypocrisy. Uh, Meanwhile, there are all these women who are sort of tying themselves in knots. Uh, 85% of Mormon women polled uh, are, are not okay with this theological concept. They, Who would be? Uh, they are... Um, Whoever was. Well, yeah. I, Aside here's from the, the men. Here's the thing. I'm, as, as, a, as, a, as a secular person, as an atheist, I'm not a huge believer in monogamy. I don't give a fuck about monogamy. If you want to be ethically non-monogamous... Fine. That's not what we're talking fine. about here. But these women are not choosing that. It is being foisted upon them. Well, but they are <laughs> Mormon... They are choosing more. They are choosing to, to keep believing. Yeah. So so like there there are accounts in this new book of like a woman uh, in her thirties who has become a wild hypochondriac because she lives in constant fear that she's going to die young and her husband's going to take another wife, and then eternity of sharing. Then she has to share. Guess what, sweetheart? It's going to happen either way. Because it's the principle, right? Right. That's what celestial marriage is. You could outlive him. It doesn't matter. He's still going to get a bunch of wives in heaven. In heaven. That's how it works. 72 That's virgins. That's how it works. No, doesn't it take three to, to have uh, like fulfilled the, the principle? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how that works. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah. The sealed widows, widows who have lost their husbands, mm-hmm. they're now in this position. They can... Ch- so while men who have lost their wives can go ahead and get sealed to another woman, mm-hmm. a woman cannot be sealed to any other men. Mm. So, she has, so if she falls in love, mm-hmm. her husband dies, she falls in love, she gets this lovely choice. Either A... I stay sealed to my ex-husband, mm-hmm. or, or my, my husband who is dead, and I just marry this guy for time. <laughs> Not all eternity. Not all eternity. But, and in that case, like, the current guy that I'm in love with, I have to sort of basically say, see you around to, like, right. like I basically am just dishonoring this love right. for my first love, or I can get if i really want to a cancellation of sealing and boy that's it's a crazy rigmarole to go through to get this right to cancel the sealing that she has to her first husband so that she can be sealed to the second husband right but that dishonors the first husband right it's such bullshit but dan 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 this 
just you're doing somersaults here that don't need that's what the millennium is for day <laughs> the millennium the millennium is all about sorting all of this out yes we, we when, get a f- when mormons you know, when mormons feel troubled by this sort of thing that is what they get yeah that's what the millennium is for yeah it is it is sir it is a, a thousand years of clerical paperwork. Yes, they love it. To Dan. sort out all of the all of the bits and bobs, the the confusing points. <laughs> Believe me, Mormons will love it. They would love that. They the, the, oh. the, never have there been a people whose conception of heaven would just involve paperwork. It's Mormons. They, they a thousand years of filing in triplicate. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> How we love it. Oh, my God. Uh, it's and those little, you know, little stamps and mm-hmm. and uh, embossing thingies. Oh, yeah. They love it. Office I, supply stores. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, uh, there, there's the, uh, the an, guy that's fairly prominent in the atheist community, uh, a guy named Richard Carrier. There's some uh, some 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 trouble surrounding that name also uh in the atheist community but he he is a scholar he's written about uh he's an ancient uh religious or an ancient uh cultures uh scholar so he's written about the historicity of Jesus Christ all that sort of thing uh-huh but he's la- lately turned his uh eye toward the concept of non-monogamy and has been writing about that and it's it's an interesting thing. Maybe we we should probably do a a, a segment on that so, at some point about yeah. about monogamy and whether human beings were even meant to be monogamous or or evolved yeah. to be monogamous. Yeah. But uh, but the, here's the one of the points: the, what the Mormons do is not, uh, or what they did, and 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 you know what they apparently do in eternity, not ethical. It is when 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 it's not when it's available to one gender, to one sex, and not right. to the other. Right. Uh, that's some bullshit right See there. That Dan, that starts to get really complicated. The men and the women oh. get to have multiple wives or multiple spouses. Yeah, craziness. You get like these cross webbing, yeah. strange relationships. A love square. It's horrifying. Who knows what 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 will happen? Horrifying. I've yeah. I'm married to her, but she's married to those two guys, and them guys are married to those two ladies, and she she's married to another woman. Who knows? Mass hysteria. Beautiful. It's it's isn't it? It's a <laughs> utopian future that we imagine. But let's look to the past. Think mm. about those covered wagons ah. going across the plains. Oh, so lovely. <laughs> Happy Mormon Day, everybody. Uh, and, uh, go out and light some fireworks for Brigham Young. Yeah. Drink some whiskey. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be heading up to the High West Distillery to have Brigham's... Valley Tan. Brigham's own Valley Tan. Brigham's own, uh, uh, recipe Ah. for whiskey. Don't, don't tell the Mormons about that. No, not at all. They don't know. Well, Dan, if anyone would like to chime in... Yeah. On all these, how can they do that? You can write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. And while you're on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. It's a close group, 
So you have to, you know, wait for us to let you in. Yeah. Uh, hey, don't forget that if you like our show and you want to show it, if you're happy and you know it, go to thankgodimatheist.com and click on the Patreon thing, and then we'll Frank will read your name on the air. And, and we'll and thank you. And we'll be really, really appreciative. Yeah. Uh, it would be great. Uh, thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine, fine music. And thanks to Mackenzie for all her help on Facebook. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, and thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Bye. Bye.